trying to get with the program. It's me, Jackie, and Abby, and Sarah here. Hello. Hey. <laughs> We're back. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just chilling out, relaxing, relaxing, on call. What's the latest with um, TV Foundation stuff, Sarah? Is there anything well, that people should be looking forward to? The next ones to watch are still open for application. Woo! Enormous amount of time to go now. So if you think about flying, you need to pack on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're still looking for applicants. So if you want to get into TV, or if you're already working TV, and you want to like supercharge your career, uh, yeah, that's what you need. So check it out. See what to say, really. Great. And Abby, you. You're, well, you're hosting the podcast interview this week, aren't you? Yeah, so actually, this week it's Lucy Smith, who was on the scheme last year, on the Once to Watch scheme last year. Yes. And has been killing it since She's then. She's great. Um, yeah, we recorded this um, not at the end, like in December last year. Also, she's quite Good. wise and she's very proud of Yorkshire. That's like her thing. Is oh, like I love it. Yorkshire and bringing TV back to Yorkshire. So, yeah, you'll hear a bit about that. We'll be like, oh, yeah, we uh, recorded that thing like five months ago. <laughs> Which is why there's so many references to Christmas and the election that's just Smithmas. 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 Are you mad into Christmas? Big time. Yeah, oh, yeah. I feel like I've year. grown up with Christmas being sort of a central pivot of the year. Yeah. So my parents run a garden centre up in Yorkshire. Mm. And, uh, and literally, I mean, Christmas begins when they buy the new stock in January. We price it up over the summer. Then it's, you know, out on the shelves in September. It's Smithmas. Happy Smithmas. Do you sell Christmas trees at your garden? Big time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get really judged if I have a fake Christmas tree at home. Oh, really? So I always have to like really stretch the boundary. It's like always bent at the top, so yeah. it hits the ceiling. Yeah, that, that's my Christmas tree. Oh, okay. Cool. So introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm I'm Lucy Smith and I'm a development producer at Multi Story Media. So should we talk about TV? Seeing as that's what Let's we're here it. to do, Let's right? Do it. That's what we're here to do. What's your what's your favourite TV show? What do you love watching? I mean, in development, in fact, end, love a fact end format. I try and watch everything I can. So, like, this year, I've been loving Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Obviously, love Hunted. Yeah. Um, you know, Bake Off, all the classics. Anything multi-story media, mate? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I can't <laughs> announce I'm not sure if I can announce it. Like, we've got an amazing, amazing Netflix competition that's yes. coming out, which I was a big part of, a big fashion show. So, I love all formatted factual. Mm. Um, I love documentaries. Um, there's some amazing documentaries on Netflix I saw recently, like Surviving R. Kelly, yeah. um, American Factory. Um, and that uh, Brinkworth Films, Married to a Paedophile, I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, I'm just as guilty as the next person of whiling away Sunday afternoons in front of Peep Show, Friends, and Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> That's kind of my <laughs> Sunday afternoon staple. What did you grow up watching? What were the big shows that you watched when you were a kid? You've been framed. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> Get your own back with Dave Benson Phillips. Um, Ready Steady Cook. Absolutely loved Ready Steady Harriet. Cook. So good. Um, Supermarket Sweep. You know, there were all those stuff that was t- coming back. Yeah, all, all of coming them back. are coming back. Well, with different hosts though. You know what though? Get your own back. That mm. needs to come back because it needs to come back with adult kids and their boomer parents. Yeah. And it could be a chance for you know kids to gunge their boomer parents. That's yeah. what I think. And vice versa. 
Well, but the thing is, like, kid, kids' parents now are Gen X rather than boomers, I think. Yeah, yeah. Boomers were our parents. Yeah, but that's what I mean. We should bring it back to millennials. Oh, so it's, it's like a Saturday night entertainment TV show. My dream, right, is Dave Benson Phillips comes back with Get Your Own Back for adult kids and their parents. It's the time for, ge- you know, there's a generational divide here, guys. Let's yep. gunge each other. <laughs> that's what I say. I mean, I'm always for Dave Benson Phillips being on TV more. I feel Big like time. He, is, he is a treasure that we have. An icon. He's an icon. He's got. Um, he's got. <laughs> I know too much about Dave Benson Phillips, but he's got like a, a YouTube series that is kind of like a mockumentary series. Um, what a hero! <laughs> I love that about him. Yeah, he's. Um, he's he's always up to weird things. Apparently, you can rent him for fifty pounds an hour. <laughs> that like is nuts. Dave Benson Phillips removal van. Um, I love him. And then he also went up to Edinburgh and did Get Get Your Own Back Live a couple of years ago, and it sold out almost immediately because everyone was like, I'm going to go and see Dave Benson Phillips. Any commissioners, right, any commissioners listening, recommission, get your own back. Yeah. It's what we want. It's what the people want. Give the people what they want. (laughs) Is there anything this year that you've watched that you've been like, I wish I made that? I mean, Married to a Paedophile would be up there. I think it's like quite an extraordinary film. Um, I dipped in halfway to start with and didn't realise it was actors. I thought it was actually real people. <laughs> um, so that was a bit of a shocker when I learned um, yeah. that it wasn't. Um, I also really loved Treasure Island this year because mm-hmm. I thought it was such a fresh way of updating the island format, which is basically watching hungry people surviving on an island. Yeah. But adding money, it kind of felt like it was a real comment on our times, like how money can corrupt people, how different alliances are formed. Mm. And I thought the, by adding money into a social experiment, it was fascinating to see how relationships were unwound. And, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think it's also the complexity of morality as well, mm. which was shown. Oh, it was amazing. And they like find this cast, they'd be like, yeah, we're obviously gonna hide this in the sand. And then you saw them like giggling like little schoolboys yeah. coming back to the group. Oh, it's brilliant, really good. I love how we're like, we're putting this all on this entertainment format, which is designed purely to be entertaining. And then we're like, yeah, let's intellectualize it, I suppose. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh come on, that's what development people do. That's like classic. Um, so, um, how do you come up with new ideas for TV shows as a development person? New ideas, I mean, God, they can come from anywhere, and I think the tricky thing with development is you're always on, all the time. I wake up, I'm thinking of ideas, mm. I go to work, I'm thinking of ideas, I'm commuting, I'm thinking of ideas, I go to bed, I'm dreaming, and I wake up in the middle of the night, I've got to write something down. Um, it's slightly exhausting, isn't it? It is, it's <laughs> exhausting, and I think, you know, it's a kind of a 24-7 job, and most of my be- well, some of my best ideas um, come from when I'm in the shower, or when I'm talking to people at the weekend, um, so I'd say, you know, we're all part of the zeitgeist, we're all reading the same stuff, we're all listening to the same stuff, mm-hmm. but often my best ideas come from just talking to people who are outside of telly uh, and learning about their life. Yeah. Is there, is there anything that you've done specifically recently that you've been like, oh, maybe I should do this more often because I have got a great idas as a result of this? I think that the, the Skyping and casting people has been really interesting. So. Often in development, you can get so bogged down in reading articles online mm-hmm. and in newspapers. But um, I was recently involved in a big casting project and got the chance to speak to loads of normal people mm-hmm. on Skype. And actually just listening to their stories triggered so many other ideas yeah. um, because they're going to understand their part of an industry so much on such a deeper level than you're ever yeah. going to get from an article. 
Um, so yeah, I'd say really talking to normal people. Yeah, it's because we are in a slight bubble, aren't we? Oh, there's man. a very specific, I always say there's a very specific type of person who goes into TV and so you're just surrounded by the same kind of people. And I've noticed it like, because I've been going door knocking recently uh, and I've met a, lot, a huge cross section in society and I'm just like, Wow, I haven't had conversations like this in a long time. But they're the people who are watching telly. Yeah, you know, exactly. we we watch telly, and I love telly. But you know, I, I I've now got into a habit of watching it because it's kind of part of work as well. And you start thinking about it in a work context. Mm. But I think when you get out there and talk to real people and find out what they really care about, you know, you could do door stopping for telly. How about that? You, could do, <laughs> you yeah, can pay you knocking on people's doors, being like, "What are you watching right now? What's your best TV idea?" Um, Shoots. Yeah. What do you think should be on TV that's not on TV? And they'll be like, you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the start of Lucy Smith. Lisa what, Smith. When did, when did Lucy Smith decide she wanted to go into TV? Was it like a thing, like a yearning that you had from being a young child? Because you went to Durham and studied English? Yes, I did. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely wasn't then. Um, I, that, uh, my uni experience actually put me off a TV, uh, a career in, in media and telly. Um, I guess for me, my journey sort of starts from an intense fear of public speaking. Okay. Weirdly, yeah. So at school, I really feared the school presentation. We had to give presentations yeah. in class. Um, and I remember just freaking out like so much stuff could go wrong. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing a presentation where I had to stand up and speak in class, I would get my dad's little handy cam and I'd make a little tiny film of whatever it is I was doing, whether it was like shell shock or you know a project about rivers. Um, and I'd make a little film about it and show it because nothing could go wrong if it was yeah. on screen. It was already done. Um, so that was sort of, I guess, how I started realising that it's quite a powerful medium, like filming stuff. Because yeah. people would just transfix, like that geography lesson where your teacher bungs on a video and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, video time. <laughs> um, so I guess that's where it started. And then um, at uni, I was really interested in telly. Uh, I loved watching it, but I thought I might go down more the business side of, of being creative. So I actually went into public relations because yeah. um, I love writing and I thought I thought it would be something that it then wasn't. Mm. Um, and I met someone um, who was in telly, a chap called Sean O'Riordan. Um, he was uh, an exec producer at the time at Shortboard TV and he said, why don't you just come along, be a runner? And so I did that for a little bit and then he said, why don't you come you know, try for the NFTS, the National Film and Television School. So went and did that and you know, the rest is history, kind of got into telly that way. And you never gave up. Never gave up. I never gave up. I just. Do I think. You, have you loved TV more and more? Because like I, especially in terms of like I think at AP level, a lot of people drop out because they fall out of love with television. Whereas like I think, because I have worked with you, I know that you have a lot of like passion for TV, and I, I've always kind of like looked at you and been like, oh, I wish, I wish I had as much like. You're so passionate. What are you talking about, Abby? No, but you're so enthusiastic about so much television. Mm -hmm. Um, was there ever a point at which you were like, maybe I'll set this in, maybe maybe I don't love TV as much as I thought I did, and then like refined your voice? I think, I think being in development, mm -hmm. it's such a restless part of the job. It's such a restless part of telly yeah. that you're always doing different stuff. And there's definitely been times where I've been working on a project 
and got unbelievably frustrated because you've spent weeks working on a treatment and you know it's never going to go anywhere. You know that that idea is not going to get commissioned. <laughs> and that is frustrating. But the light at the end of the tunnel, I think, is that there's always a new idea. There's always a new project to get involved with. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've always loved about telly right from the beginning has been the fact that you can reach so many people. Mm -hmm. um, and making subjects watchable and entertaining, making people smile, um, you know, make, bringing the light to the end of someone's day after a heavy day at work. That is why we're all in this business, surely. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> but I think also, like, there's a lot of, like, I, I've met a lot of APs at the moment who are, like, quite frustrated in their role. Um, and they don't really see progress. I guess maybe it's different, like, when you feel like you can see a future in TV. I guess because there's so many you people. mean if they reach a dead end and they feel like they can't it feels progress. like a dead end to some people sometimes or you just kind of fall out of love with television I guess yeah and I think the freelance life is a bit yeah. of a grind and I, and I understand that you know especially in production when you're moving yeah. so fast onto different projects I think it's slightly different when when you're in development you know yeah. you have slightly the luxury of slightly longer contracts so maybe I haven't had to face the the tough side of telly in that regard well, maybe you're just a very positive person about it. I, I, don't know. I think I, I think I have gone through the bit where I'm like, is this what I want to do? Um, despite the fact that I work in development, but I just think like, I just think with telly, there's never been a more exciting time to be in telly. You know, they say loads of people say that telly's dead. <laughs> I know you're laughing at me now. You're smiling, going, "Oh, what are you talking about?" I'm trying to see the negative. Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I like your positivity. No, but I just think, you know, as a production company, you know, if if my big dream is to have a production company in the yeah. future, I can see myself making shows for YouTube and self-funding yeah. them. I can see myself working with local talent and putting it on a website. You know, there's Quibi, there's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's all the terrestrial channels, and they're all battling for us to come up with the best ideas. And I yeah. think, you know, we are we are the people that have the power to make that yeah. happen. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really exciting time to be in telly. The one thing I would say is that sometimes you'll be working on a show and it will be about air ambulance, for example, yeah. and you, you learn from all these amazing paramedics and you hear their amazing stories and you think, I should be a paramedic because, you know, it's such an amazing career and you make such a difference. So hearing about other people's amazing careers sometimes makes you yearn for yeah, I think that's something. it. That's exactly it. It's like, after a while, you're like, I'm just messing around all the time mm. for work. Should I be doing something more with the brain that I've been given? Don't tell anyone but else. <laughs> it's so good. But I think entertainment and being able to make people enjoy themselves mm. is really important. And 100%. I think that's, like, everyone needs some downtime. Everyone needs to veg out in front of the TV. And that's what we're helping them do. Oh, yeah. Be a little less you know what like when I was growing up I never thought I could ever have a career in telly because there was no telly in Yorkshire in yeah. the same way that there was in Manchester or London yeah. and and for me it gives me such heart that that Yorkshire is opening that Bristol's opening that Glasgow's opening there are all these amazing regional centers around the UK mm. where kids can grow up outside of London and have an amazing career and think that's for me my like, big TV goal is to push the next generation of makers yeah. beyond the M25. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that well, would be my mission. You say that about London, but also a similar thing to me is like, I grew up in East London in kind of a working class area, very diverse. Even though the BBC shown up was in West London, it felt like an entire world away yeah. to us. And so I think by opening up more people like us entering the industry really and good. seeing those kind of um, 
put mentors, but uh, what word am I looking for? Role models. Role models. There <laughs> role we go. Models. Role models for those people. It really is opening up doors. I've had Absolutely. so many people get in contact with me being like, can you help me? <laughs> You're like, yes, I and can. And you do. Yeah, and that's you the do. thing. You want, you want that change. Yeah. You want to see that change in the industry. Um, so, like, talking about, you mentioned talent. Well, I get quite frustrated personally about, like, how reality TV stars take over the whole of television pretty much and if sometimes I meet someone who I think is amazing and I think they make great television but it's so difficult getting them across the line whether that be comedians or whether that be like experts of some kind because they don't have like a social media mm. following so yeah. how do you go about selling those people how do you what do you how do you feel about that <laughs> it's tough it's tough I I think right now, this particular moment, 2019 to 2020, 2021, is not the time to break new talent on television in a traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're living in an era where, you know, in, in Brexit Britain, we seek stability. Yeah. And so commissioners want old faces. They want Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. They want Alan Titchmarsh. They want people that have a nostalgia to them. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're new talent trying to break through, it is tricky to break onto terrestrial television, but I also do think, to caveat that, there has never been an opportunity for new talent like like YouTube and mm -hmm. like like um, Vimeo. And I see a lot of people coming up with their own channels and making their own content online. And actually, they have such amazing editorial control over their stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them do really, really well, and they get amazing followings, more than they would on terrestrial TV. Um, so I think, great if you have the get up and go and the kind of the time to be able to invest in your own content and image but i think if you're if you're desperately trying to get on terrestrial telly it's not i, I almost don't think it's the right time to do that i mean even yeah. even channel four unfortunately like you know, it heralds itself as kind of the channel of new talent mm -hmm. but even channel four is really struggling to break new people so um yeah. I guess like they, Mo Gilligan has got a bit of a following now, but he was he was being a comedian for like five six years yeah. before his Instagram went uh, mental, and then Channel Four basically gave him a show. Yeah, um, and you look at stuff like um, you look at stuff on BBC Three again, mm. a place that'd be great for launching new talent. They have RuPaul's Drag Race, they have Rap Game, and they're tried and tested formats that have done really well abroad. Yeah, and it it doesn't feel particularly risky. It doesn't feel like a risky time at the moment. So. We're all like, you know, hedging our bets for maybe a year or two when yeah. things have settled down. I, I find that so slightly, <laughs> I find that slightly depressing because I feel like that is why there's a talent vacuum as well. Because since Samson Deck's era of presenters, mm. we haven't broken anyone new. Aside from kind of Caroline Flack, but I feel like she was broken by um, having that kind of Daily Mail kind of paparazzi-esque. Mm -hmm kind of rise um, and as a result of that we have this talent vacuum of presenters and even just commentators generally and we're just like relying on all these old voices that yeah. don't actually reflect most of Britain anymore. Yeah that's true and but the one I guess the one thing I would say is if you look at Love Island right it is people a lot of them are self-made influencers who have gone online and built these extraordinary followers albeit from bikini pics yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they've built these followers they've then gone on love island and actually quite a lot of them end up with shows off the back of it like jack finch is yeah. doing really well danny's doing really well but what do they have to say 
oh I don't know <laughs> that's true <laughs> maybe that's true this but the, this is the problem I think a lot of young people are turned off British TV yeah. and terrestrial TV because none of the TV is actually showing anything that anyone has to say yeah you're right. um, whereas on Netflix you're getting people who yes it's shoved in your face and that's why you're watching it mm. but you are getting people who have a coherent point of view who are kind of like they're cool and they're young and they're edgy but they have something to say mm -hmm. and so and you're getting more takeout from it as well rather than this kind of like middle of takeout and entertainment yeah yeah i would agree with that um <laughs> <laughs> i would agree with that yes take my point <laughs> in development you have to work with lots of different types of people right yeah um and sometimes you don't have a choice over the people that you work with how do you foster a really good collaborative environment with people who might not be the same as you or might not see things the same as you? I think it's always good to have a mix of people in development team. Mm -hmm. That's the best type of development team when, when you all come with a different perspective. I think what can be tricky is, like you say, like working with people who don't necessarily you don't necessarily click with all the time mm. or, or that you have very different perspectives to. Yeah. And I have a very practical method for dealing with this. So, <laughs> so it's my you coping. About this yeah, this is my coping strategy because <laughs> I've thought about this before. It's because the people you work with in development are your job. That yeah. you, you are only a sum of the people around you, essentially. Yeah. Um, so my method is really simple. You get a piece of paper, right? You get a green pen and you get a red pen. <laughs> Pros and cons of this. <laughs> Honestly, this is what you do. So what you do is in the red pen, mm. if it's someone that you're having a tricky relationship with or you, you're very, very different to, you write down all your differences on the left-hand side of the paper in red. So mm. all the things that maybe frustrate you or that are different to you, <laughs> write them all down. And then with your green pen on the other side, you write down all the ways you can kind of make sure that relationship works. For example, do you do this every time a new person enters the team? Did you do this about me? Please tell me you did it about uh, me. I did. You're always a joy to work with, Abby. <laughs> I never had to do this with you. But but it, I think it's what's really helpful is it really it helps you realise that if someone's if someone's quite snappy with their feedback with you, they mm. might just be stressed because they're overloaded. Yeah. Or you know, if someone um, you know isn't as good at timekeeping, you know, maybe they they always stay late to get their work done. There's always something yeah. that kind of caveats it and it's good to see that people are different and there are ways of working around that. Yeah, I think like this is the thing, is like development's sort of highly sensitive to people really, isn't oh, it? Because yeah. we're all like, oh yeah, ideas people. And then we're really sensitive when like other people don't like our ideas or other people don't really get what we're talking about. Yeah. And um, I would say feedback is so important. Like mm. in, in any team, whether it's production development, whether it's not even in telly, yeah. if you're not getting feedback on how you're doing your job, how can you do it? Like, how yeah. can you improve? Um, but it's giving that feedback in a constructive way that I think is a learned task yeah, over I mean. a long time. <laughs> Very hard yeah. to take to not take it personally if there's an idea you're really passionate about and someone thinks it's rubbish. Yeah, or well they just genuinely don't see eye to eye with you on it. Yeah. Which, you know, it happens. We're oh, all yeah. different. We all have different tastes and different vibes. You take your chart out. You take a deep breath. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, in a similar way, how do you, like, so, because TV is a freelance industry, you do move around a bit more, a bit less in development than in um, in production, but you are often the new guy, and it can be quite difficult going into, especially a team that's quite cohesive, like, quite, quite established, mm -hmm. and being the new person, being like, I have an idea. Um, have you ever learned how to deal with that situation, slash, what do you do when you're the new guy? When you're the new guy. <laughs> Uh, I always bring tea on my mm -hmm. first day. 
always. Want have a tea? Yorkshire tea. Of course. I bring a massive sack of Yorkshire tea and no one can believe I their eyes. I thought you'd go more Yorkshire when you started talking about Yorkshire Oh, tea. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Yorkshire. Uh, unfortunately, I've been in London, so I've lost my accent. But, um, yeah, I always bring a massive sack of Yorkshire tea because it's symbolic, right? It's symbolic that you're you're kind of a go-for-it person, you're, going, you're, you're part of a warm community and you're willing to share. Yeah. Right? So I think bring tea is my number one tip. That's what I always do. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of kind of being heard in a in a new team, I think the first thing you can do is just spend the first few weeks just getting to know people. Don't worry about the ideas. Yeah. Don't worry about always having an opinion on everything. Spend a couple of weeks getting to learn the lay of the land. Um, and then when you feel like you've got you know you've got that, you know, you know how the what the team dynamics like, bring yeah. a couple of corker ideas um, and wait for your moment. I think yeah, that's what I'd say. Is don't just do a scattergun approach of saying something because you feel like you have to say something. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way, don't they? Because especially when you're in a big team and it's quiet meetings, and mm. all of a sudden you're like, oh god, I should say something. And it's really important to realise you've been you've been hired for a reason because yeah. you're different. You know, no one's going to hire someone who's just the same as someone else in their team. So as long as you appreciate that, yeah. that's, that's, I think, a good lesson. But also, like, sometimes you have a terrifying boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, ah, yeah. I don't know how you feel about me. Um, and so it's quite difficult to, like, actually... But I think what you said is mm. right. Like, figure out the lay of the land. Yeah. And take your time. Definitely. Nestling in. Don't go in all guns are blazing. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is what I tend to do. Well, no, I think, no, if it's you, if it's part of you, go in all guns blazing, right? <laughs> That's important. You've got to be true to yourself. But um, but I would just say, it, I've always find it, found it really helpful just to have you know, a week or so just to really try and get to grips with, you know, is this a really serious team? Is this a team that loves to have a laugh? Mm. You know, are pints on a Friday a thing? If you don't drink, <laughs> like, how do you deal? You know what I mean? Like, just working yeah. out ways it. As we were talking about earlier, TV can be a 24-hour t- job. Yes. Or it is a 24-hour job when you're in development. Yeah. How do you make sure it doesn't take over your entire life um, and relax, recharge? Because... I guess creativity takes so much energy out mm. of the person, and it's I take really it all out on my husband. Yeah. Self care, <laughs> <laughs> poor Thomas. No, I don't really. <laughs> um, poor guy. Um, I how do I recharge? I recharge. I mean, I'm so lucky that that I do have Thomas, and yeah. um, and I also have a lovely little dog, Rue. Mm-hmm. And every morning I walk in the park for an hour or so. And so I'm so lucky to have that opportunity to just clear my head every morning. I walk an awful lot. I walk probably two to three hours a day, actually. That's quite good for meditation. It's a form of meditation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And like, I wake up early and probably in the morning, I probably have a two hour walk because I walk from the park to the office. and then in the evening, I'll have another hour walk just because just because I can. You're walking a lot, Lucy. I didn't realise you're walking <laughs> this much. Up my step count. <laughs> but I find I find walking really helps me just clear my head and not think about telly and just absorb stuff that's around me. Yes, I'd say walking. Do you have any hobbies outside of work that you like kind of... Do I? Get your anger out is or like... <laughs> you know I box. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> why I was like, get your anger out. turns out... <laughs> Turns out my hobbies are quite aggressive. Oh, yeah. Like, Complete I'm opposite to you as a vibe in terms of in oh, person. Yeah. Anything that like you know has a weapon. Like, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's so cut that. Boxing. Um, <laughs> let's cut that. Um, yeah, boxing. I love boxing. Mm. I just gets all your aggression out. Um, I'm learning to become um, a qualified archer. 
at the really? moment I'm doing archery <laughs> so if you're a qualified archer does that mean you get to teach archery afterwards yeah it means it's your first step of qualification towards teaching but also it means you can legally own your own bow and arrow how long ago did you become a did you start doing this so I've been doing it for a couple of months now okay um it goes into into the next month okay um and then I'll, I'll have my certificate so it's you jokes. can't own a bow and arrow right now uh, no, like the, you can own like toy ones, but like a proper full on. Yeah, the huge ones. Yeah, that are, like the size of a Katniss human, Everdeen basically. style. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what I'm going for. That's the vibe. Are you gonna like start shooting squirrels out of trees, doing, uh, doing, doing a fake news, Joe Swinson? Uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't think <laughs> it will be that good. Moving targets. Um, no, but I'd say I did with my hobbies. I'm quite a restless person, so I box. Yeah. I do archery. I paint. I do origami. So all quite um, relaxing and anger yeah. getting out, kind of meditation, yeah. quite physical. Yeah. Yeah, physical skills. So when you have like, so occasionally in development you will get blocked. Mm-hmm. Like you will, like it's like writing, anything creative, you get blocked. You're like, oh my God, I can't mm-hmm. think anymore. I, my brain is so full of information, but yeah. nothing is coming out coherently. Do you have any techniques to manage that? Well, I, I think development block comes on a, an almost daily basis. Um, oh, really? Like, yeah, because you'll you'll have amazing ideas in the morning, and then mm. in the afternoon you won't. Or like you know, yeah. there'll always be times in development, all the time, where you're feeling block. But again, my trusty felt tip pens are my salvation. So, if I'm ever having a writer's block or, or development block, I will put I'll put loads of themes that I think are really relevant, like zeitgeisty themes, mm-hmm. in the middle of a piece of paper. So say it's, I don't know, like veganism might be yeah. one, right? So you put that in the middle of the paper and then you put all the different things ar- about the veganism around it. So you basically build a spider diagram of veganism, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you work out where the gaps are. Like, could you take vegans to do kill it, cook it, eat it? You know, is there a competition you could do? Is there a chef travelogue? Like, what other genres you can mash things up? Yeah. Um, so like I was thinking about competitions, I was thinking about health, um, and it was thinking, could you make illness competitive? Could you do a competition <laughs> where people <laughs> compete to get ill the fastest, right, for flu season? And actually it's like a really weird backward way into um, things you can do, to, yeah, like things you can stop um, mm-hmm. illness with. Um, yeah, so I think that's what I do. I make a spider diagram of inspiration that's with my really felt-tip pens. Well, it's it's a tried and tested method. Did you learn that off someone else, or or did you come up with it yourself? I I'm a very visual person, mm. and so I always revised like that at school, and yeah. so I just kind of carried that on carried into on. my telly thing. So yeah, that's a, that's a Smith original right there. <laughs> um, and just one last question: What's your big TV cause? What's your big dream? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve in TV? What's yeah. the thing you're going to change? Okay, so... Because we've all had you down as someone who's going to change the industry. Well, when I say we've all had you down, I've had you down. (laughs) Cheers, Abby. (laughs) Um, Okay, so for me, it all stems from... Okay, so I'm from Yorkshire. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to Leeds. I want to set up a production company in Leeds. But I don't just want it to be a kind of regional production company. And I don't think anyone really sets out with that you know, as a, as a goal. Everyone who's setting up a company beyond London also wants it to be an international company, mm. a big commercial company. And I have a real bugbear, a real bugbear with the term nations and regions. Yeah. I think it, it, it is pro- provincial and it, it makes people immediately think that you're small, yeah. that you're a nations and regions company. 
Um, and so for me, I'm like, well, you know, there's there's like 57 million people who live outside of London. There are nine million people in London. Yeah. Can we not recategorize the TV industry so we have the London TV industry and the TV industry? You yeah. know. And so I, you know, my big big goal is to go to Leeds and establish a company. Um, Which Emma Paul moving there as well. It might be perfect time, right? Yeah, it's exciting. I think you know, and talking to some of the companies up there, you know, Wise Out with Mark Robinson, he's yeah. amazing. He's doing great things up there. Jess Fowle with True North. You know, there's so much action happening in Leeds already, mm. um, and I'd love to just go up and be part of that movement and part of you know expanding the Yorkshire the Yorkshire industry. Yeah, so. Beeb Yorkshire, that's what I'm saying. Beeb le Yorkshire. I don't know why we did that in French accents. Uh, Yorkshire, well, it's Tour de Yorkshire, that's where it comes from, maybe. Tour de Yorkshire? There you go. What do you mean, Tour de Yorkshire? Well, it's a big big cycle race. Big cycle oh, race up north. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's like Tour de France. Tour Inspired, de yeah, there you go. Oh. Something's quite sobby. Okay, so you did One to Watch last year. Yeah. Um, you really enjoyed yourself at One to Watch last year. What is your advice? Like, do you do you advise people to do it? Why should they do it? Please apply. It's amazing. It's so good. I think for me, it was all about the people when I was up there. So mm. it's kind of the people you meet are just extraordinary, and they're all from such amazing backgrounds and such different takes on the industry because they're all from different roles and different types of company and different places around the UK. Mm. Um, and so all the girls from last year plus James <laughs> we called it like the he James's Hendu yeah it was last year because it was all the women just James um, but they were they were quite extraordinary and I'm so excited to see what they'll do in the future um, and then from my point of view you know you know I learned so much about the industry and about areas of the industry I had no idea about um, and it was a laugh you know the sessions were great we went out in the evenings and we just had a really good time. You so. did like Masioki, didn't you? Masi oh, yeah. <laughs> the karaoke was off the charts. It was so good. Um, and, and I think it, it's such a it's such a good calling card to be part of that scheme mm. and and to to be talking to people about the future of telly. And that was really exciting because also you're around some of the most influential people in British oh, yeah. television, right? Yeah. Or international television. But I think what was really refreshing was knowing that although you're surrounded by all those amazing speakers and you're hearing all these amazing speakers, yeah. all of the young'uns coming up have a different perspective on it. Mm. And so hearing their perspective on it and how they think the TV industry is going to change was really refreshing. Yeah, because you worked on one of the sessions, didn't you, which was Evil Controllers versus Gen oh, Z, yeah. right? It was amazing. Gen Z were like, if we've seen it on YouTube, we don't want to see it on telly. I was like, wow, I have learned something here. <laughs> I will not be developing any more TV shows inspired by YouTube clips. Yeah, um, yeah really fascinating. There was a huge divide between the two of them. I remember yeah. going to it and being like, well, TV people have no idea what Gen Z wants. Yeah, well, also, I think like there's this perception that Gen Z are this hugely urban um, mm. urban group of people yeah. who are, uh, you know, are interested in very, very specific, quite gritty topics. But they're just, as, you know, a lot of them are just the same as other young people. They've yeah. just got more media at their fingertips. And we all just want to see Dave Benson Phillips back on TV, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Dave, no, that's millennial. <laughs> Dave Benson Phillips. Yeah, I was gunned by Dave Benson Phillips earlier in the year. That was a highlight, a career <laughs> highlight. But, um, but no, they, they love the countryside. They love camping. They love cycling. They're very clean, uh, as in clean eating. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, we, we ignore that at our peril. Great. Well, thank you for all your advice. Mate. Happy Thank to you be for here. Everything you've said, I feel like I've learned a lot. 
despite the fact that we worked in the industry for the same amount of time. <laughs> I honestly, like, I, like, I hope some of that is insightful because it's just everyone's perspective, everyone's route into the industry is different, everyone's yeah. perspective on the industry is different. And, you know, I'm very passionate about it. I know you are very, very yeah. passionate about it. Um, and hopefully we can inspire the next lot of people to be very passionate about it too. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Get With The Programme. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to our website, www.thetvfestival.com, or you can find out more about the network or wants to watch on our Twitter and Instagram pages at the network underscore TV or at wants to watch underscore TV. We'll have more episodes coming very soon, but in the meantime, there's plenty in our archive for you to listen to. Thank you again, and we'll see you soon. Bye.